Welcome to Spoilers Please, where we have discussions involving any form of media that tells stories, usually movies or TV shows, and we'll do so with spoilers. You've been warned. Hello, my name is Albert. This is Jami. Hey, Jami, welcome back to the show. Um, I'm back from China. You're back from China. <laughs> we are recording this in Halloween, uh, Halloween week. Uh, I, I would like to also say thank you to uh, to Catherine for doing the episode with A Star is Born. And thank you for Ruthie for doing the episode with uh, Maniac. Oh, so, okay. yeah. How was Maniac, by the way? It was good. Oh, all right. The first two episodes, like I said in the review, first two episodes, super slow. Uh-huh. It's kind of one of those episodes where it's like, I don't really feel like watching the rest of the thing. But <laughs> once you get to episode three, you're in it. You're, oh, okay. you're in it. Right. Yeah. But yeah, th- 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 thanks you two for uh, pitching in. And for this episode, we are talking about this uh, psychological horror drama about a haunted house and the people who are who are in it, starring like Julie Harris, Claire Bloom, Adam Johnson, Russ Stamblin. And we are talking about The Hunting. Yeah. I oh, thought, no, wait, wait. Well, yeah. We're talking about the remake. The remake of The Hunting. Mm-hmm. You know? Actually, I thought you were going to go with, we're going to talk about a thing where it involves a family, a generational thing, a father figure, that, you know what I mean, that, and trauma throughout their life. Oh, we're talking about uh, what? Call it? Uh, this is us. This ghosts. is us. No, no, no. We're, yeah. we're talking about uh, the haunting, the remake of the haunting, mm-hmm. which is you know starring Catherine Zeta-Jones, Lila Taylor, mm-hmm. Liam Neeson, and Owen Wilson. Oh wait, no, no, that's the other remake yeah. of the haunting. What we are actually talking about is the Netflix TV series, The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. Uh, the original uh, source material is a book from a lady back in the nineteen fifties, fifty nine. Yeah, and Shirley then, Jackson. Exactly, and also to be, and also something I learned from Wikipedia and all that stuff. This is uh not a, a remake or adaptation so much. It's actually a hybrid because it's taking the book and adding. New material to it and stuff. Correct. Like that. Yeah. They're also mixing around the characters. Some character like 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 Hugh uh, Crane was actually in the in the in the book. He was the guy who created the house. Right. In this one, he's not. Mm-hmm. You know. So so the the he uh, when uh, the, when showrunner Mike Flanagan, also horror director Mike Flanagan, mm-hmm. uh, pitched this idea, he wanted to stretch it out, and the best way for him to do it was to base it on a family. Right. And then pull pull it here. So, what did you think? I liked it. It's a very strong, strong uh, TV show. And it's a TV show that actually really shows the strength of a TV show. You know what I mean? Right. Over the course of this 10 episode, you really see all the dominoes get set up, especially in the early episodes, right? And then around episode four or five, you see these dominoes started just falling down. All these storylines, these character scenes started put, getting put into place. And, and these are a cause and effect throughout. You know what I mean? Start to show up, and it's and you can't see and you can't have the, it's not the same thing when you see it in the movie in two hour movie. So that's to me the strength of the TV show. Right. I, I enjoyed it a lot. It's it's very good. That's the reason why he said he didn't want to completely adapt the novel because the novel is like three hundred pages, right? Which is essentially a movie, mm-hmm. right? He said, well, it's a ten episode series, it's clearly not three hours long, right? So we got we got to figure out a way to stretch it out, and he figured the best way to do it was was to tackle with the family. It also makes it more like like personal and more emotional right. if it involves a family. And I thought yeah. that was a really smart choice. Now, you're a guy who doesn't really like watching a lot of horror movies, yeah. although you have seen them. Sure. Uh, so in terms of the scare factor, what did you think about this? I would say just in pure in terms of pure scare factor, I think it does have one of the great jump scares of all time. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, everybody knows what I'm talking <laughs> everybody about. Everybody knows yeah, what I'm talking about. It's the two sisters as they're driving to uh, uh, Hill Houses towards the end, I think episode seven or eight. eight and eight. all of a sudden, the little sister jumps into, into the conversation yes. from the Back scenes yes. up. That's one of the great, great jump scares yeah. of all time. Of all, of all time. Yeah, oh, yeah it's, def- all time. it's definitely up there. If yes. anybody was do- doing a, a jump scare list of all time jump scares, yeah. this has to be on there because it's completely unexpected. It just happens in the like the least une- right. least expected area. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, it was. It's one of those things where it's, there's something else going on in that scene. You know what I mean? It's 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 a scene between two sisters just going at it and stuff like that. And again, like I said before, it's a scene that's been building up. For episodes now, you know what I mean? It's probably building up for years of their life. So they're fighting, they're going, they're going all out, and all of a sudden the sister jumps in. The ghost sister jumps in. Ah! Is is there a meme based on this? Where sure you there, see two I'm people sure. arguing, yeah. and then somebody just goes in the middle and goes, ah! I know. It's just great. <laughs> and what about you? What do you think of this? Just pure scare and stuff like that. What do you think of it? Uh, I'm going to be one of those people that said it wasn't that scary. Yeah. I, honestly, um, th- it's creepy. It's mm-hmm. scary in the technical mm-hmm. sense, mm-hmm. but. It wasn't like I was traumatized by it, you know. But then, the, but at the same time, there are scenes that just linger, yeah. right? And I think a lot of people who said this one the scariest thing they ever seen mm-hmm. are basing it on that one jump scare. Yeah. Like that one jump scare doesn't define the whole series, yeah. guys. I mean, that was an amazing jump scare. But the whole the whole series really is like a, like a supernatural psychological uh, yeah. horror 
thriller, not thriller, uh, drama, yeah, and less of a horror movie. And yeah, you can you can say it's a scary TV show, yeah. but I guess that's subjective. Yeah, the drama part of it is the one I want to pick up on. Yes. To me, to me, when people t- uh, want me to describe haunt, the Haunting Hills House and what what I think the legacy of this this miniseries, I think the miniseries they call it season one, but I think it's a miniseries. But I think what the legacy or the meaning of it is, it's, it's a family drama. It's a family. It's a it's a it's a story about a family. It's a family about uh, uh something that's happened. A family that's you know that's has very complicated relationship with each other. You know what I mean? Right. Some parts of it are good, some parts of it are bad, some parts of it destructive. It's a family drama at the heart of this TV show. You know what I mean? It's not, to me, when I think of Haunting of Hill House, it's not a ghost movie, it's not a haunting thing. It's, to me, at oh, the heart. Oh, but there are ghosts. Yeah, I mean, there's elements to it. But it's just, but to me, I guess it's a family drama. And the and the, and this ghost or the supernatural element of it is just a metaphor. You know, I've said this before. All TV shows, all movies are metaphors. And to me, the core... Uh, the core metaphor for me for this show is about you know sort of addiction, even suicidal thoughts. For some reason, when I was watching it, all ten episodes, a, a lot. Of the, it, it reminds me of some of the things people tweeted about after Anthony Bourdain uh, committed suicide this year, and also some of the other other recent suicide, other recent celebrity suicide, where people with these thoughts have. Uh, have think that it's a it's, it's escape. You know what I mean? That if you commit X suicide, you're gonna escape. You're gonna be a happier place. And and it just it just when I was watching it, it just reminds me of that when you see the ghosts talking to the people, sort of like in real life, it's right. making promises to them that are just completely BS. You know what I mean? It's to me that's just like a metaphor for suicidal thoughts or depression and all that stuff. You know, and to me that or grief or grief and stuff. Yeah, yep. to me that angle, that looking at this this TV show, that miniseries from that angle is what it's the thing that interests me the most not the whole i know this whole video is about easter eggs go, you know go easter eggs you know what i mean oh, like yeah, all the different, yeah. you know what I mean? that to me is not as interesting as like the the, the drama of it all the, the metaphor of it all well i mean they're, they're living up to the actual uh phrase easter yeah. eggs yeah they're just easter eggs yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but no I, I totally agree uh this movie really caught me just because of the drama of the family less of the horror story and more of the drama although the uh, the, the the scary horror stuff does add to the mythology of mm-hmm. the series so it's it's like it reminded me also. I know you mentioned that it's very similar to This Is Us. Mm-hmm. It's a family drama that 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 travels between the past and the present and mm-hmm. all that stuff. It also reminds me of Lost. Lost yeah. has all these mysteries and he has the the past and the present kind mm-hmm. of situation perils yeah. and whatnot. Um, unlike unlike uh, Lost though, this this show seems to be intent on showing you a, a lot of the answers for the mysteries. Right. But it's still a lot of mysteries that aren't really told either. Right. You know, so it, I think that, that is kind of like lost too. Yeah, actually. and just and just picking up <laughs> the point as far as jumping back and forth, uh, they just don't simply jump back and forth. When they're in the present, they jump forwards weeks, years, and stuff like that in the present right. timeline. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought that's really good. Not just because it keeps you on your toes, but it it adds to the storytelling. That one episode I want to point out to to illustrate this fact is uh, episode five, six. Is the six? The, yeah, the next, the the bedneck lady. Thing, oh right? no, that's five. Yeah, yeah. Ben, oh ben my ne- god, what a the, great episode! The bedneck lady one. So throughout the the series, you 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 realize she was married and stuff like that, and she was happy, and they give you a timestamp of two years earlier where she met uh, her soon to be husband, and it's a joyful time. So um, what I'm saying is, uh, like, if if it's a metaphor for for mental illness, grief, and all that, you kind of realize people can turn just like that. You know what I mean? Just two years ago, she was perfectly happy, but when you first see her, she's in a very sad, she dies in the first episode, right? You know what I mean? Spoilers. Right. And stuff. So what I'm saying is, time and mental illness, it, it, it's, it's just, it's an interesting way of using time to illustrate how mental illness, illness is always with you. You know what I mean? And just at a turn, you, a person can, tur- life can, can completely turn around. And also, as you see throughout the episode, uh, her, what ultimately led to her su- suicide is not necessarily her husband's death, you know what I mean? That was one part of it, but part of it was also her, uh, being spending time with her brother and taking her, him to Skid Row and stuff like that. It's just, it's just, it's just interesting. It just, it's just good stuff. Well, it was like a hopelessness thing. I, I think they really yeah. emphasized the whole part about how the, uh, he was. She was trying to reach out to her mm-hmm. family, right? And nobody was picking up the phone. Mm-hmm. Like her brother was gone; they couldn't find him. Disconnection. Yeah, also, yeah. There's all this. He, basically, she felt alone in the world, mm-hmm. and the only person she can call was her dad, mm-hmm. who they already estranged in the first place. Right. You know, so yeah, it, you're right. It's a it's a good like kind of psychological test on on uh, suicidal thoughts. Yeah. 
Right. Which is, which is very tragic that, that, that this happened to her character. And if, like I said, if, I, if we were to extend the metaphor uh, a little bit further to her, all the way to the end where she she realized the bent neck lady was her yeah. throughout her life. So it's sort of like we're saying is, I think what I was trying to say is like, hey, depression and stuff like that, it's you're, you're the, you know, it's always there throughout your life, whether you, you, you kind of don't recognize, but you know, it's always there. It's always present in your life. You know what I mean? And you have to be vigilant. You have to, you do, even you, you, when you reach, you have to stay on your medication. You have to keep reaching out to your family and stuff like that. I think that's what the metaphor, ultimate metaphor so is. So what, what's you know the what metaphor about the fact that, okay, uh, story-wise, plot-wise, she's traveling back in time as the better lady to warn herself, hey, be careful. Oh, I think it's not. But it's, what's the metaphor it's not, there? To me, it's just not like a warning necessarily at the end. I think it's just a, a, a realization. You know what I mean? It, and that realization came too late. You know what I mean? She realizes at the very end where she, she committed suicide, uh, it, everything is sort of snapped into place. And again, it reminds me of things where people tweeted at after celebrity suicides, where people who've actually. Sl- Who've actually survived suicide attempts and stuff? Like that, they they say, oh, at that moment, which you know, I jumped off the bridge. I realized this is a big mistake. This is I shouldn't have done this. You know what I mean? So you're saying it's more of a case where it wasn't that she was warning her younger self. Mm-hmm. Her life was flashing before. Her oh, exactly. Eyes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's how. I, that's how I took it as. It's just a you, everything sort of just snapped into focus. Everything became crystal clear. But at that point, tragically, it, it was just too late. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's a, that's an interesting way yeah. of like like visualizing what life before your eyes looks like. You right. die, yeah. You know, it was this kind of thing, and like, also realizing the the sort of the trauma, the 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 the, the grief and the depression. It's something that you've carried with you throughout your life. You know what I mean? And you just sort of needs to be. You sort of need to recognize it and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Right. No, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. But the the, the thing the thing about uh, the nail character, first off, uh, well, obviously, if you listen to this, you've already seen the show. But, yes. But. Spoilers. I wasn't looking online for stuff about Hunting Hill because I knew I was going to watch it. They didn't want to spoil it. Yeah. My God, people were so intent to spoil the fact that she dies. Yeah. I mean, come on, people. <laughs> Why would yep. you do that? There's even hashtag dead, dead nail. I'm like, yeah. come on. Really? And also, I didn't read any of that. I wasn't spoiled for it. But it's, it's, I was going to get to the this part in the in the criticism right. and stuff. But I, I, I kinda knew, you kind of knew in the first episode. Oh, that, yeah, sure, yeah. sure. But but the I, thing is always that like if I, was, if I haven't seen it yet and I was looking for information yeah. about – I would be totally spoiled. I mean, that, that was it. Would, be, it would have been so disappointing. I, to be fair, I know what you're saying. These are these are trolls. These are horrible people. But to be fair to them, the the title of the episode is "Steve sees a ghost," and up to the very last couple of minutes, he hadn't seen a ghost. You but the thing is, though, is that this they're, they're not trolling. They're yeah. literally reacting to what they just watched, oh, okay. yeah. right? And they're creating a meme out of it. It's like the whole meme about how a lot of people want to protect young Luke. Mm-hmm. Like, did you know this a thing? No. That, Apparently, that, that, Luke, young Luke, is one of the top favorite characters. Uh, off this show, mm-hmm. oh. and I'm like, I know people are 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 uh, are want to bone him and stuff like that. I don't, oh no, I saw the that older version, yes, yeah. yeah. They said they said they they want to protect the young one because he's so cute and mm-hmm. innocent, and they want to bone the the older one because yeah, yeah, yeah. he looks so. Hot. And he's British. That's the other thing I learned. He's British. You he looked kind of like uh, Jake Gyllenhaal too, in he, a way. He looks like the guy from Harry Potter that people thinks grow up uh, really hot. Neville, I oh, think. Neville, no, yeah. Neville doesn't look like that. <laughs> Do a side by side Neville as a grown up. Neville looks more like Josh Groban than he does. I think we're on tangent. I think we're, <laughs> let's just stir the ship back. Let's, let's just let's just go back to focus. But yeah, and and, and Luke wasn't is that a character that I cared about too much either. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm not I'm not empathetic with with, with drug addicts, but because you hate drug addicts and stuff like that. <laughs> but it, it was like he wasn't like my favorite. I mean, I think the geek's favorite would probably be uh, Tio. Because she's the toughest nails sure. girl, you know, who who has the powers kind of thing. And I know who else thinks uh, uh, Theo's a f- favorite is the director. The director is actually married to 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 the to lady. Is he really? Yeah, that's why. I, is is that the reason why she's always in her movies? Exactly, and also, oh, okay. and also, I think that's why she has the best part. She's the most, the most interesting, most cos- most uh, interesting, and most. Uh, she's the only one with superpowers, really. You know what I mean? She, yeah, <laughs> well, te- technically, her mom also has superpowers too. Technically, but, yeah. technically, but, but yes, but it, she's the most developed in terms of like her powers. I was wondering if like like Shirley, Cheryl, Shirley, Shirley, Cheryl, Cheryl actually has powers, but I don't think they actually even consider. That? I think it's one of those things where if you. She had it like the highest potential, and she's the one that actually probably worked at or acknowledged it. You know what I mean? It seems like the other girls have some variants, some powers, because they also mentioned uh, not powers, powers not the right word, but I think clairvoyances, like psychic abilities. No, that one expression, uh, uh, synesthesia, where your senses get mixed up, right? Oh, really? Like when you one of the dogs, I don't know if it's Theo, but one of the dogs mentioned that uh, the she described 
the the house as a certain color. You know what I mean? Or the no, house no, is she, loud. The, the house is loud. Was uh was, was it th- no that was the young one. That was Nell. Yeah. See. Yeah. That so Nell, so Nell. the other daughters have these kind of sensory powers uh, to a certain degree. Because since Theo was the one who said it was cold. Right. Yeah. yeah, so daughters have it to various degrees. And it's a real life thing because uh, the lady, uh, not the lady, but. Uh, oh, the mom? Sh- no, no, no. A real life person has this thing. Uh, the singer from Australia. The singer from Australia? The really young girl. Oh, gosh. Dude. Uh, is it a current singer? Or yeah, current singer from right now. Oh, shh. God damn, that's going to bug me for, wrong, for a long time. <laughs> wait, God. wait, wait. Okay, well, what's her power supposed to be? We can always ask no, Google. No, no. no. Let's, let's, see, let's see if Google gets it. Okay, what, what's, the, what's the power? What, what should I ask Google? Oh, God damn it. Australian singer dad. No, she's actually from New Zealand. Uh, okay, you know, New Zealand singer dad. Yeah, she's on K-Rock and stuff like that. Oh, like has what, psychic abilities? No, she's not psychic abilities. But when she, she says when she writes songs and stuff like that, she doesn't write down notes or anything like that. She, uh, she sees colors and stuff like that. You know what I mean? She's, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Who's that New Zealand singer who sees colors? According to live science, Lord Synesthesia allows her to see colors when she hears certain sounds. Lord, the 20-year-old singer and songwriter of the hits Royals and Green Light, has a rare neurological condition called synesthesia, and she said it helps her to write her wildly popular music. Oh, thanks, Google. See, there you go. God damn it, Google. Google uh, Google is pretty good, actually. Yeah, because <laughs> I would not have done. It got, Synesthesia. This is the first time I've heard of that. Synesthesia. Yeah. Oh, you never heard of it? I've yeah. heard of. I've yeah. heard of interview too with Kevin Bean. But but okay, all right. Yeah. Lord, so there's that. And actually, I think they reference it in certain comic books I've, I've, I've read too and stuff. Anyway, Cynthia, 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 Synesthesia. Synesthesia is is a thing that these uh, sisters have and stuff like that. Okay, but, no, that's fair. But yeah. the, the, and they got it from the mom's side. I'm assuming because right. the mom has the powers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, quote unquote powers sure. kind of thing. So yeah, I mean like. If I was to choose a favorite, um, I, I suppose it would be her. It would be uh, it would be Theo. Yeah, I would go Theo, the the her youngest the youngest daughter. Fair name, Nelly. Nell. 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 Oh, sure, sure, sure. And then I don't like them. I think I had the most sympathy with Nell. But then, as far as like the cool character, it's obviously Theo. Yeah, Theo. I don't like. I don't like the the older the older siblings were were written to be like. The more annoying ones, yeah. I guess. So. But at the same time, they're supposed to be the more realistic characters, sure. I guess. Well, they're they're supposed to be the older. They're supposed to take on the more responsibility, more practical, and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, it was kind of unfortunate that that they uh they kind of went through this tragedy kind of thing. But and it's also interesting how the house kind of controlled it all because mm-hmm. you you could argue that the house is everything is laid out. In, in like a certain order so that they for sure they'll get them all back into the house. Right. And 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 I like the whole explanation about the red room, how everybody red room is different. Right. Right. And so here's the question. So when when Luke goes to his tree house, how did his brother follow him? Yeah, but the thing is it's one of those things where you're seeing it in flashback and it's, it's memory, I guess. It's one of those things where they can just chalk it up to, oh you know what I mean? It's not it's not so just taken literally, I guess. You know what but, I mean? Yeah, well, I suppose so. It could also be the case where he was kind of like because he's basing on the writing. Yeah, he wrote down he went in the club in the yeah. clubhouse, but he he may not he may never have gotten into Treehouse. Yeah, exactly. And also the sh- and the show never in all the rooms that they 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 show that you know everybody one is a a a, a workout room, one's a, a play treehouse. How do you actually see them walking into it and stuff like you that? You never see them walk into it. Yeah, yeah. and they're yeah. always like there was even one scene where where the mom goes, "I'm gonna go to my reading room." Yeah. And then they look and say, "Where's Mom's reading room?" Yeah, right. So yeah. It, it was like they're they're laying. I love how the the, the series laid the the breadcrumbs right. on the reveals, and it, I thought it was really smart how they pulled yeah. it off. I'm sure if you go back and watch episode one in, in the flashback parts of it, you'll probably see the guy with the mustache and the and the and the, gla- and the glasses. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that that ghost will be or will be there. Throughout and he was this. the most obvious hidden ghost because he was part of yeah. the plot. But were you looking for the hidden ghosts in the, in the uh, show? I wasn't looking for it, but I, I did see a lot. I did see, I don't know if I see a lot because I don't know what the count is, but I did see a lot of ghosts in the background. Right. You know what I mean? Like in the bed, getting up in, in bed and stuff like that. I saw, I saw, I, I did see some. And yeah. apparently when they were when they were filming it, they would not tell the art actors that there's going to be a ghost in the background. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so so yeah. they're, at the same time, they're acting. They're also kind of a little nerved because mm-hmm. they don't know if there's going to be like a guy standing there. And again, a ghost. just... Uh, again, just playing off the idea of uh, t- television and how you can set up things, you know, episodes in advance and pay off later. Uh, in the in the last episode, episode ten, there's there's the one kid. The one kid does eat uh, or drink uh, rat poison, right. and you don't know. Wait, 
is this a real person? Is this a ghost? What's going on here? And then you, the big reveal is obviously she's a real person. She dies and stuff and like the, that. And the rat person yeah. was still in the house. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of funny because when they introduced the rat poison, the camera always showed the rat poison in full view. Yeah. Like, well, that's clearly going to be a, yeah. into play later on. <laughs> yeah. Like, they set that thing up like three episodes in advance and they all, that, that rat poison always in frame. Okay, I get it. I get it. The rat poison. I get it. It's important. I gotcha. I got it. How, how was the Take Abigail thing? When, when did you figure out that she was real? <sighs> oh, I don't know. Because that, that was that was a nice another nice trick. We assume it was a ghost or whatever. Yeah. Right. And, and then at the very end, she's actually a physical being. And I'm like, oh. And then every time, every time the Dudleys mention their 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 their, their daughter or whatever, mm-hmm. they never say the name. It's always cut off. Yeah. Right. And that's when I put two and two together. Oh, that's their that's their kid. Yeah. Yeah. I I kind of have mixed feelings. Uh, oh, sorry. Let's just, I'll, I'll put a button on that. But uh, what other positive things do, do you have about this the show? The acting was pretty solid. I thought the writing yeah. and stuff, the directing, I thought was really good in a sense. It throughout the ten, ten episodes, there's a there's just a certain sense of sadness and grief, you know, yep. that permeates throughout the show. Again, this is another reason why I don't look at this as as a as horror, a horror thing. Movie, yeah. yeah, it's really about grief and sadness and how it just. It encompasses you and stuff like that. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of vibrant colors. There's always a muted color and stuff like that. That's actually the, the intention of the book. The original book never wanted to actually say they were ghosts. Mm-hmm. They wanted the book implied that this is all in their mind, right? Kind of thing. So in this one, in in the in the 1999 remake, oh look, there's ghosts, 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 yeah. right? And then this one, they show ghosts, but they never really say there's actually ghosts there. Yeah. They leave the they, they leave the the clues that hey. They might really actually be mentally unstable. Yeah, this may actually be all in their head. Yeah, right. And then uh, we haven't mentioned uh, episode six, which is oh well, yes, five and six. I think are the two best episodes. And six is the, is the episode where it's like a series of six tracking shots throughout two different eras. Did six, I thought it was three. Well, it could be uh, okay. Let's say six. No, it comes after the Betnick lady one. It's the one. No, no, right I know, after, I know. Yeah. It's, it's the one in the funeral home, and then it mixes to the house. Right. The, the like two, every the time you go in the hallway, it switches right. back and forth. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and I think that's it's just incredible. It's just like you know, I don't know, you know, just a series of tracking shots. You know, two basically, it's basically two sets of actors. You know what I mean? One from a older previous generation, one from the current generation, and it's like it's really impressive. And it, again, it's not just like it's one of the things where it's not a trick. You know what I mean? But it's it's it. There's a there's a reason for that tracking shot. You know, it just implies the claustrophobia of a family, you know what I mean? And, and certain instances and stuff like that. You know, and, and you're trapped with them and, you know, it's it's good. It's good I, stuff. I think it was actually, I think it actually was a gimmick, tell you the truth, because it, mm-hmm. it almost played off like a stage play. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody was going to recreate this into a stage play, they could, because all all the layers are, gro- are, are laid out in this episode. If mm-hmm. you want to try to do a slave trade, here it is, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I do like the fact that every episode, well, Every episode, each family member, all seven of them, have their own specific episode, except yeah. for the first episode, the last episode, and episode six, yeah. which is the tracking, sh- the ne- what I call the Netflix Daredevil hallway shots yeah. thing. Because mm-hmm. ever since Daredevil hallway thing, everybody has to have a tracking shot, mm-hmm. the uh, uncut tracking shot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. It's well, it's it's really well done. It's good stuff. It's good yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's, 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 that's one of my favorite ones. Uh, I do like episode eight, which has the jump scare thing, because mm-hmm. that, that was kind of like it builds up into the tension. Mm-hmm. And that that was, and then the episode after that with the mom, right. after that was really good too. The, the actual mom's episode, because it, it really like laid down like what was going on kind of thing. And it was mm-hmm. a good like an episode four thing. The, the last episode, uh, I also liked. I don't know sure how I feel about it though, because yeah. <laughs> a lot of people had the same thing too. They're like they're not sure if how they feel about a happy ending, right? But I don't think it's completely happy though. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. Yeah, I mean, people have to realize the father died. At the, but you know, but it's, it's also a cop out though. Yeah. Because both sides won. The house won, and the family also won. Mm-hmm. It's like where's the in between? Did the fam- did the family win though? That's what I mean. Well, within a week, they lost two family members. You know but what I mean? The one in that the rest of them were still alive. Right. Right. The house didn't take any more than the three. Yeah, but you know, but. Uh, I don't. I don't think I need a sequel to this, but you have to realize mental illness and depression. If it's a metaphor for that, that's going to carry out with them throughout the, the their life. And I understand how people might read it as a happy ending, in the sense that the the younger brother does, you know, what do you call it? Uh, is two years sobriety. Right. The the, the the wife is pregnant and stuff. I I think I I can see that argument because it's a little bit too happy. A little bit. It's a little too neatly. Uh, it wraps things up too neatly in a bow. You know. What do I mean? you know? Do you know the original intention of that? Mm-hmm. Uh, Flanagan said he wanted to show the the red room's window behind that scene with the, right. in the birthday in the mm-hmm. cake. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. But he said he said 
No, that'll be that'll be too much. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. So it, it they left it, he basically left it out to your imagination. Is that really a happy ending or did they never leave the red room? Oh, that's interesting. You know, so that's that's essentially his intention. His original intention was to make it obvious mm-hmm. you don't know if they left the red room. Mm-hmm. But this version was more of like like, well, they kind of did leave the red yeah. room because it kind of shows. And then all people this other were stuff. like, hey, we saw Inception already. We get it. <laughs> you don't have to make it so ambiguous. Let's just let's just ra- But 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 talking about like uh Throughout their life thing, I I thought it was very poignant showing the scene of the older Dudleys, you know, going to the house yeah. as they're dying because they want to die in the house mm-hmm. with their with the two kids. Yeah, well, she died. I don't think he died. Oh, well, he will eventually. He, he will you know, he's probably gonna do the same. He's thing. just gonna stay there. I mean, he, he, you know, I'm not gonna carry. I'm not gonna drag myself from the from my cottage and you know, I'm just gonna stay in the house the rest of my life and just li- and and die and stuff. Like that. It's it's weird. Uh, anyway, I have very mixed feelings about the tenth episode, the editing and stuff like that. I just don't think they quite stuck to land. They have a couple of issues, and all of it kind of accumulates in the last episode. Okay, go number on. one. I don't think they should pick two different to have two actors do the Hugh character and stuff like that. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? I think Carlos Chirquino, Cachano, Cachino, Cachino, I think, has a specific chemistry with uh, of Hen of the original Henry Thomas. Henry Thomas. I think they should just put the guy in a white, you know, wig. (laughs) You know what I mean? No offense to Timothy Hutton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I looked up on Wikipedia. There's only a ten year age difference between two actors. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, man. Come on, just you know. And this will be a thirty-year difference in terms of you know in real life. You know, what I, mean? I mean, I'm sorry, in quote unquote in the uh, in the Haunted Hills reality and stuff like thirty-year difference. You know what I mean? Just use the same actor. You know what I mean? Number one, number two, because you put that because you put that in the in the in the series when the Dudleys run up, you you realize how come they're not played by different actors? It's just weird. You know, white, white wig. Hair, yeah. You know, that's kind of weird. You know what I mean? And like I said, that's that's those are, that's my one of my biggest gripe. Number two, my other gripe is I felt like. They shot their load in the, in the in the first nine episodes. You know what I mean? There's nothing about the tenth episode reveal that really kind of captured my imagination or interest me. I like the fact that the daughter turned out to be real and she actually died. That's the only thing I kind of really liked about the, the tenth one. But oh, that was a question for you. Yeah, is yeah, in the sense that it's it's a nice thing. It's a nice thing to show. Like I wasn't really sure what was going on. I got a little. I got a little. It, it, it just it interests me. I I kind of forgot about it. About the mysterious star and stuff like that, but like I said, I, I just I just thought it was interesting. But Wait, uh, which daughter? Which daughter are you referring to? Abigail? Yeah, Abigail. Yeah. Oh, Abigail. Abigail. Yeah, okay, yeah, Abigail. Abigail. That's part of it. But like I said, it, that was the only thing that interested me. Everything else, I didn't. Everything, all the interesting stuff happened before that. You know, because in episode nine is the one is where you find out what happened to the wife and how she died and stuff like that. And that three hour gap about what they needed to cover up and what didn't really interest me. And also, my biggest gri- another gripe is you don't see the caretaker and the groundskeeper. You see them separately, you know what I mean. But at the, the only time they have a scene together, you realize they're they're a couple in a relationship is at the very end. At the very end, yeah. I think that's a I think that's a mistake. Yeah, I was also thinking about like they did that on purpose to make it seem like what if they're actually ghosts too, yeah. right? Yeah. So I, I, apparently they didn't go that direction because even in the original, they they really were like character characters or whatever. Not, as I'm watching the series, I realize wait, this groundskeeper, this blue collar salt of the earth kind of gruff guy. Is married to the lady that's prim and proper and very religious and stuff like that. I have to see that together. You know, what I, mean? I have to see the two of them together. Right, I gotta right. see how that works together. You know what I mean? Who who is the uh, um, Mulder's replacement in? X-Men? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> so that really didn't work for me. Uh, what else? But the, speaking of the groundskeeper yeah. guy, um, his six minute monologue was like like I'm looking for an Emmy, guys. Yeah. <laughs> that's my other gripe, actually. But that was a good that was yeah. a good monologue though. Son the monologue, I, I call it they I think they even would say this is true. It's a it's a Shakespeare because a lot of comparisons to Shakespeare, you know, it's okay, Shakespeare. Okay. It's a soliloquy from Shakespeare and stuff like that. And every character has one of these, you know what I mean, in this throughout the series. At some point you go real it's it's like a five everybody gets a five minute soliloquy and the actor when they when they cut back to the other actor in the scene, they're kinda like, huh? Because yeah, it was like it was uncut. They get yeah. to have that five or six minute monologue, yeah. and then and then and then they go with the other guy. Oh, yes, right. He's in the same scene. Yeah, and the other guy, the other person, <laughs> is checked out already. He's like, what's going on? Is it? Are you, is the camera on me? I don't know what's going on. I'm reminded of the scene after the, the jump cut scene, the, the, the jump scare scene between two sisters. Theo has a long ten minute, ten twenty minute soliloquy on the grass. She's crying, and you jump back to the other, the other sister. Oh, okay. That's a good scene too. Good. I like it's it all. Too. It's all good. But I think. I think once you see one soliloquy, one monologue, you see them all. It's a, it's all right. No, it's but enough. still, but still, right. that, that was a good consist consist. It was quick, yeah. and easy, easy, 
a solid way of like explaining their, their yeah. emotions and yeah. what they're feeling sure. in like a one take scene. Sure. I, I I thought it's good that they have that kind of thing actually. Okay. Uh, uh, those are my gripes. Those are my biggest gripes. That's these are kind of things that prevented me from giving it a a, a, a or a. Plus. The whole thing or just a ten episode. Uh, the whole thing, the, whole the, thing. the okay, overall okay. grade and stuff. Like that. I mean, I really, I think this show is really strong. I think it's really impressive. I think it's, I think, I, I definitely was, uh, was really into it. But there's those gripes are what prevents it from me thinking it's a, a great all time, uh, series and stuff. I think the Bent Neck Lady episode is one of the one, one an all time great episodes. But like I said, if I give, if I were to give it a letter grade, I give it like a B plus, a solid B plus. Well, I'm, I'm willing to give it like an A or A minus actually. Mm-hmm. I, I actually really, really like this, this, this series. Uh, Mike Flanagan also said that in season two, the Crane families are, are not coming back. Yes, I you know, think that's that's yeah, smart. Yeah, he he did say that. He he's toying around with uh, making the second season an anthology chronicling the the ghosts that 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 were hunting them in the house. That's the one thing I would just I would I don't I'm has I I I'm not I don't feel. So, in love well, with that. It's it's an an I, I just don't want it to be a prequel. You know what I mean? I just don't want it to. No, it's going to be a prequel. Oh, God. Just... The, the reason for that is because he, the original plan was like the first five minutes of each episode was going to cover one of those ghosts. Oh, yeah. And they cut it out for time. Hmm. Right. So so they have all these ideas for those first five minutes. They go, well, let's stretch it out and make them into a new yeah. season. But my whole thing is do I really need to know how that very tall man. Ended up burying himself. Well, they the say it in that. They say it in the series, though. They say it in the series. Everything, but, is, everything is displayed in the series, but you don't see it. Right. All, That's the thing. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The thing is, it's a, it, it goes back to the idea of like you know Han Solo and the, and the Han prequel. My imagination is is probably better. You, know, my imagination can fill in the gaps. You know what I mean? It's like I don't really need to know the minutia, the details of of why the guy got buried, why the 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 the, the, the lady and all that stuff. Uh, what's that? The lo- oh, the lady went to a saint asylum and found a, a, a met somebody in the saint asylum. I don't need to know that. But, but think, think of it more like Twilight Zone or Black Mirror, where yeah. they're anthology. Uh, standalone episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a season of standalone episodes. It just, it just happens to cover this group of people. Yeah, I just don't... Uh, maybe that's okay, but I don't like... I just don't call it prequels, I'm saying. You know what? I mean, it's a prequel because it's a story before before season one. Yeah. If you're gonna do of prequel, course, this isn't finalized. This is just ideas it's tossing out there. I definitely think it's going to be another season. Another, I just like, you know, just... I don't well, know. when Netflix says season one, as opposed to Maniac, where he says limited series... Yeah. I'm pretty sure Netflix wants a season two. Yeah. But my whole thing is like, you know what? Don't uh, be brave. Jump jump in the future. Why don't you do a few, like uh, uh, 100 years in the future? Why don't you do that? How about do yeah. that kind of ghost and, and obviously, That'd be awesome. Obviously, since we saw old Dudley, yeah. the house is still there, yeah. right? Which means the house probably ate more people kind of thing. I, my whole thing is like make a fucking fu- sci-fi kind of thing. You know, it, you know what I mean? T- you know, t- skip 100 years into the future. See, see what happens there, man. That'd be really brave. That'd be really bold. So uh, outside the scene where the Dudleys are dying in the in in the house, outside their flying cars around. Is that yeah, what you're exactly. Saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> go go all in the future. You know what I mean? Oh my god. The thing the thing about this though is that I know I, I referred to season two kind of stuff, but don't you think Netflix is gonna tell Mike Flanagan, hey, the, a lot of people seem to like the cranes. Is there any way for you to bring them back? You know, yeah. I I really hope he stands his ground and goes, no. The intention was for a complete yeah. story for the first season, and that should be it. Yeah, but this is a story as old as time. You know what I mean? A creator does something. He thinks it's stand. He thinks it's a, a complete, kind of complete piece of work. And then you know, fans, the right. corporation, to kind of needle and prod you to kind of go back to it and stuff like that. I mean, that. this is the same network that that had a sequel to Thirteen Reasons Why. Yeah, <laughs> Th- thirteen more reasons why. <laughs> thirteen more reasons. <laughs> Fourteen reasons why plus one. Yeah, I I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting because Mike Fanga seems to have. He's he's really hot right now. He's I think he's doing the the sequel to uh, The Shining, right? Doctor something. something yes, something. He is, yeah, actually, yeah. So he's doing a movie next, and apparently Netflix love him because he's the guy who did you mentioned earlier, some of his earlier work. He, he did Hush, Hush, which is for Netflix, I think. Also, Gerard, he also did Jared's Way, Jared's Way, Jared's something, something. Jared Way, the guy from My Chemical <laughs> Romance. Like I said, I'm like, wait a minute, this is all right. Yeah. But anyway, he seems like a, has a very kind of a Gerard's game. There you go. There but anyway, he at least he seems to have a very sweetheart deal with Netflix and stuff like that. It looks, you know what I mean. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next. I know he's gonna be, he's gonna be he's gonna have to be very careful about buying the hand that feeds him, right? Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. So I don't. Yeah. The thing is, if the Doctor Sleep, which is the sequel to Shining, if it's a big hit, does he jump back? To, I know he jumps back and forth between movies and TV, but does he go to movies full time and stuff like that? I don't know. And also, uh, just there's another 
maybe a, a slide. I noticed at the beginning of the show, it's a Paramount TV production. Right, right. And, what's, and given what's happening to Marvel's Iron Fist and Luke Cage. Oh, crap. Paramount is having their... Is there, no, no, it's just Warner Brothers. Yeah, but what I'm saying is it seems like Netflix is cutting a lot of... Uh, it's not buying TV shows from other companies. Oh, you mean the in-house thing? Yeah, they, 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 they want to keep it in-house and stuff like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Stop licensing, you know, works from from other studios and stuff like that. So it's gonna be interesting. You know, it's gonna be interesting. It is. I, it is. I definitely think it's gonna get that season. Obviously, it's, it's a it's a big it's a, it's a big hit for them. Yeah, big, yeah. People are talking about it. Yeah, people are saying this is arguably one of the best uh, series that Netflix has right now, and I don't disagree. It yeah. is definitely one of the best series they have right now. And well. Also, speaking of cancellation and best series, whether that really affects anything for Netflix, uh, American Mando, I think, is one of the best shows they have on Netflix. And they canceled that, yeah. And they canceled that. I, and I just saw season two in Hong Kong. That's a fantastic season. But season, season two, two didn't get awesome. a lot of buzz, though. The first it's, season got awesome. a lot of buzz, but not the second one. Yeah, but it's really good, though. It's really I'm good. really concerned with what Netflix is doing with their whole, like, it's got to be buzzwordy or we're canceling it. Yeah, the idea. but the thing is, uh, I think that's I think that's a lot of smoke and mirrors as far as they want people to think it's because of buzz and also you saying it's the in house thing again? Yeah, it's an in house thing. It's yeah. it's about it's dollars and cents. Because when the, uh, American Battle got got see, got canceled, it it did blow up on on Twitter. It did trend on Twitter, so it does get buzz. So I don't know. And also, Netflix, even if they do cancel a show, they don't have to kind of unlike NBC, ABC. They they're not on a schedule in the sense that you know the the new shows premiere in the fall. You know what I mean? Netflix, if you don't want to make uh, American Battle, they don't have to do it next year. They can do it the year after and stuff like that. So the fact that they cancel and they announce it, 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 there's something going on. You know what I mean? I don't know. Anyway, no, it's true. It's true. It's true. Uh, going back to the show, anything else that that you want to talk about? I think I mentioned everything I wanted to mention. It's it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Favorite ghosts. Bedneck Lady? <laughs> Bedneck Lady because it's for my favorite episode and stuff like that. Uh, what other kind of good scares? What kind of other good moments were there? I think the Poppy thing being like, quote unquote, the villain of the series seems kind of like, I, I don't think that kind of really worked for me. I'm sorry, which one? I'm sorry. Poppy. Which one is that one? She's the, she's the, uh, the lady in the very end who was trying to convince uh, Olivia to, to, kill his, to kill her daughters. To oh, ki- yeah, kill her yeah. kids. Again, that goes back to what... This is not... It goes back to what I said earlier. Sometimes they give these characters these long, drawn-out sort of monologues. Solicuous. Yeah, I was fo- trying to follow what Poppy was saying to her. And some point, I just went... Oh, sorry, what, what's going on? What did you say? What did you say? I was like, I don't know. I don't... I don't, I don't want to scare. Oh, I want to mention something else as far as like... Hiring different actors for different timeline. At some point, you you keep hearing about this Aunt Janet that raises them and stuff like that. Oh, you finally saw her. Yeah, yeah you finally saw her. <laughs> and yeah, it's a little old lady. I'm I'm assuming she's supposed to be the same age as Timothy Hutton, right? You know what I mean? Probably, probably like, oh, Timothy Hutton. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? I said I said Tim Robbins earlier. Yeah, but Tim, yeah, Timothy Hutton. Yeah, but obviously there's like a 20, 20 year age gap between the two actors in real life and stuff. Like that. Even though they're supposed to be like very similar in in, oh, the, in the reality. Older of sister. It's like, come on, guys. <laughs> Like, but, I think. Oh, by the way, she's the sibling of of Olivia. Right, not, right. Not, I, I know, not, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I, I know. I know what you're saying. But like I said, I think the biggest mistake that they did was hiring two actors to uh, to play Hugh. Like I said, uh, Henry Thomas had a specific way of delivering his line with the weird blue contact. He had a specific chemistry with his wife and stuff like that. When you see them together, it makes sense. You know what I mean? They have a, so at the end, again going back to the episode ten, when it when what do you call it when she is talking to Timothy Hutton, the chemistry is just not the same. And when Timothy Hutton dies, it's not it's just not as tragic because, like I said, that, to me that's not the real Hugh, quote unquote. You know what I mean? Sure, you it's also I mean? not tragic because he gets to stay with his wife. Yeah, right. What's tragic for me is Nell is there. Yeah. Nell is like she's an innocent at, yeah. at this point, and she yes she has to be with her parents, mm-hmm. but that can only take her so far, don't you think? Yeah. Her, her life was cut cut off tragically. Totally, you know? totally was, yeah. See, Hugh, you, will- Hugh already had his whole life, mm-hmm. you know, and he gets to be with his wife. But but Nell, is just, she's stuck there. She yeah. literally is a victim. And also... And poor Abigail, too. Yeah. Well, literally a victim. Yeah, and when the Dudleys come back and puts the, the old lady in the thing, and then the thing... Is it... Is, is it- are you saying it's it is good to what this is a question about the theme and of the story. So it's it's good to be a ghost to be haunted in the house. Well, in that situation, because they were so desperate to be with family. Yeah, family. it was it was like the whole theme of the move of this movie of the TV show is be with your family. Yeah, but in the Dudley's case, 
well, in order to be with your family, you got to be a ghost. Yeah, but then my whole thing is like when the next family moves in and stuff like that. There is no you... family that's moving in. But I mean, or you know, do a... we know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> on an infinite timeline, another uh, 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 a house that can't be killed because you can't set it on fire. On an infinite timeline, uh, at some point, a new family is going to move in, and don't ghosts haunt other you know families? And won't that help cause more death and tragedy? Aren't you being a dick then? You know, being a ghost in that in the house. So I don't know. It, it, the philosophy of the idea, it, it gets a little bit murky, I think, at the end. Right. Because I was thinking like, so they're literally stuck in the house for the rest of their dead lives. Yeah. There's no purgatory. There's no going yeah. to heaven, seeing the light kind of thing. Yeah. Nothing like that. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's, yeah, there's, a little, there's things like that that kind of that can't yeah. trouble me or kind of like... Well, it, that's the reason why I'm yeah. thinking like the ending isn't completely a happy ending because mm-hmm. the house won. The house got more victims, well, yeah. quote unquote victims, yeah. to, to eat on, to feed yeah. on, right? And, and who knows if Netflix tells Flanagan, hey, bring the cranes back, they're going to have to find some way for the cranes. Yeah. Are the cranes going to visit their mom and dad and Nell? Like occasionally? Hey, I'm here. Hey, yeah. how's it going? And where's that scene where uh, what you call Steven tells tells her his siblings? Oh, by the way, Dad died back there. By the way, he yeah, never, they, they, he, they didn't he, show the scene either. He, he, he never came back and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's like hey, hey, it's, and the house, like I said, going back to what you said, the house at the end is like, hey, I'm still here. I'm still, you know, from Antoine Fisher. I'm I still win. Here. I'm still standing, man. <laughs> After all this, nothing. Yeah, of of all the people, all the entities that experience consequence and growth and all that stuff. If the house was a character at the end, he didn't. He, he's the winner. Yeah, he's a winner. He's like, hey, <laughs> life lesson? Nah, they didn't learn anything. Fuck he's it. A, he's, just, he's a little hungry. Yeah. You know, but, but, but he's still there. Yeah. He's still I'm there. I'm still there. Like, hey, I'm good. Yeah. He was like, hey. And I, I, there's also another tier, I'm not sure you heard of, about the black mold. Yeah. The no. black mold is, is dangerous for you. You're not supposed to inhale it because you, you could, stuff could happen to you. Mm-hmm. And in, in the family's case, maybe they're hallucinating because of the black mold. Oh, okay. All you right. know, which goes to, goes to the whole idea that. Ghosts can be a metaphorical thing or it could be a right. physical thing. This show makes you choose between which one you want to believe yeah. in. And Steve Steven was supposed to be the guy that, 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 that was like, hey, no, it's all in your head. Mm-hmm. Right? Except at the, even at the very end, because hey, he, he also breathed that, that black mold. Yeah. He kind of succumbed to it too. Yeah. Right. And then it also showed it with uh with Hugh. Like, oh, I, I've been seeing you all my life. I go, no, no, that, that was that was all in your head. Yeah. Even even that scene even says that. Mm-hmm. So it's like you don't know. It's you don't know. Oh, that's been in your head. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's just the mold thing. But you figured yeah. if they go to a physical, you know. Yeah, some of it and then, but once again, like how if he had a vasectomy, how was he able to get his wife pregnant? Well, because you're still producing sperm. Yeah, like, you, you are. Yeah. You, don't you? Yeah. Then you would tell the doctor, "Hey, you, I heard you could get reversed." Also, you just it, it, yeah. Don't yeah. you suck? You know, suck it out. <laughs> you get it out. And just inject it in here. I'm, I'm obviously not. I, I do say that, but there are ways that sure. that, that, that the vasectomy does does fail. It, right. it, it, it does exist. Yeah. You know, which makes you think that they're, they're really Flanagan really wanted that one last scene to be like, no, they're still in the red room. <laughs> you know what? I looking back on it on this podcast and what we said, I think. They should have gave a little bit more of ambiguous. They should have Christopher Nolan at all at the end, I guess. But I thought they did. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. If they really, if they really didn't want Christopher Nolan at Inception, in, they will show that with a window with red room. Yeah, right. Like, like nope, they're really not. It will be flashing too, because in a couple, in a previous episode, there there are there are parts where they sh- they show the house and it's flashing red and stuff like that. They could they could do that thing where they blink twice, blink, you know. Well, I, don't know. I was waiting for that. Yeah, I was waiting for something to do with two blinking lights at the very yeah, end. Yeah, a, call, and it a never back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, the the little house in the funeral home is that the forever house? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, she took the plants from her mother and built a forever house. That's what I got from it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, there we go. Thumbs up. Thumb, oh, thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. Thumbs up. Thumbs yeah. up. I mean, I've even telling my friends who are like don't like to watch scary stuff. Oh, you give it a chance. Yeah. You know, it's not that scary. Yeah. Except for that one big giant jump scare in episode eight. You know, it's like it's really not that scary. Yeah. If just looking back on the year or in horror. Uh, hereditary, I think, is something just much more insidious as far as like oh, disturbing. Very much more I'm disturbing st- yeah. I can still hear the sound of a Tony Collect cutting her neck off, like <laughs> noise and stuff. It's just disturbing and stuff. Like that. And this one, like I said, besides like, a couple of big jump scares, this one is to me is more of a family tragedy, a family drama, family dynamics and stuff like that. It's and, and more than anything else, the mo- if I had to describe this TV show in a mood, I would just say grief and sadness and stuff like that. Nothing, nothing extraordinary, scary about it. You know what I mean? Right, right. It's yeah. just depressing, you yeah. know. But but it's very effective, very yeah. effective, very mm-hmm. effective. All right. Well, there we go. Uh, thanks for listening, John Ming. Where, where can people find you online? You can find me at the Haunting House. No, the, the house. Haunting House. No, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter, J I A M I N G L I O U. And this is Albert. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Albert Five is Five. You can find me on the I Said a Movie Blog, the Stuff and Junk Show, the Extra Stuff Extra Post Podcast, and the Weekly Comic Strip. 
as well as anything whowhatworsewhy.com. If you want to show your support, head over to whowhatworsewhy.com slash support to find out how. If you want to send us email, send them over to whowhatworsewhy at gmail.com. If you want to leave a comment, head over to our Instagram page, our Facebook page, or on the website itself. Music has been provided by the Y-Axis. Find them at theyaxis.com. All the links and information can be found at whowhatworsewhy.com. So you didn't watch anything at all between your trip and all that stuff? No, that's it. Oh, the thing I've been able to well, watch. Well, you watch American Vandals, too. American Vandals, eight, which is, I think, eight episodes. And this one was like 10 episodes. I have not seen a movie since Venom, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm way behind on movies. Uh, like I said, American Vandals Season 2 and, and Justice. That's it. Yeah, I fin- Most recently, I finished Daredevil Season 3, which is as good as people are saying mm-hmm. it is. Really good. Um, I kind of want to give a shout out to First Man. And The Hate You Give. Two polarizing movies that a certain political faction are not supporting for mm-hmm. political reasons. Mm-hmm. But they are solidly good movies. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm kind of disappointed that they're not getting any kind of recognition. Because they're really solid. Actually, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they may as well be Best Picture uh, uh, contenders. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for the fact that most Best Picture contenders are either really in-house or art-house. Mm-hmm. Or they're really popular. Yeah. The Everything one that yeah, go ahead. Uh, the one that struck me weird is the hate you gave. I thought the uh, I thought you know I figured you know white people attraction? yeah I think white people wouldn't watch it. So I thought I thought it'd be along the same lines as uh, what do you call it the like uh, Girl Trip or you know the Badia movies. I thought the African African American community would come out and support. No, but it's too serious. I guess. I guess maybe yeah. It's too much well, of a serious drama. Maybe they're like, hey, listen, I see this in real life, man. Why don't I go see the movie to experience this? Not that's an know? interesting idea actually, because because I think. It it does show it is it is showing the African American's perspective about the argument about a police brutality and whatnot. Mm-hmm. This movie might actually really be for non African Americans, yeah, because there, there's a lot of insight that they, that they explain in this movie. Like yeah. when when people say about the oh we're gonna have the talk, what do you think of? Yeah, no, no, Boney. what do you think of? Boning, boning, like yeah. the birds and the bees, right? No, for apparently for for African American families, the talk is how you act around cops. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just kind of like yeah. oh that's a thing. Yeah. Man, it's, it's moments like these where I wish we uh we had African American friend, but uh, yeah, I suppose, yeah, yeah, I suppose it's true. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, but apparently we're racist, so. <laughs> but yeah, it's really good. But Amanda, yeah. the main lead actress, Amanda Steinberg or something like that. Sure, she's really good. I yeah. I would not be surprised if she gets nominated for best actress. She's an actress. Yeah, you know, but I, of course, Lady Gaga is going to take it most yeah. likely. But and also, it goes back to the something people always say: people, go, some people, most people go to movies to escape real life. You know, escape for two hours and stuff like that. They want just want to be entertained. And maybe for the African American community, it just uh, hits a little too close to home. You know I, mean? I suppose, but when I watched it, the majority of people in my audience were African Americans. Yeah, you know, so so there is support there. It's just not not enough of them want to watch a serious movie, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Maybe I should do a deeper dive before I speak and stuff. But you think uh, the crowd that goes to see the Medea movies, which I'm I'm assuming is purely it's a comedy, <laughs> you, though. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying, though. You know, they were turned out where the people that watch Girl Trip were the the one. It's a comedy, just, though. Yeah, they released just released uh, Kevin Hart's movie and something. Like yeah, it's a comedy, though. I know, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I thought you know, like, I don't know. This is a, the equivalent of like Boys in the Hood mm. in the '90s, right? Which didn't really do well in the box office, but it had a lot of video rental sales, yeah. right? So maybe this, maybe they hate you give will get that kind of kind of kind yeah, of. And uh, I can't, I, well. I can't explain. The first man, uh, sort of lukewarm success because of the, uh, the, the, the a lot of the, a lot of people were going like, oh, they didn't show the American flag in the movie kind of thing, yeah, and that's 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 the majority of the reason why they're not watching. That also, know. it's it's not a space exploration movie; mm-hmm. it's a psychological drama yeah. about Neil Armstrong, mm-hmm. right? And, and there's a and it's a different take on the thing. And mm-hmm. I, and I was surprised; I was impressed on the story that it was told because mm-hmm. this is the guy who made Whiplash. Mm-hmm. So it's very much in, in the same ballpark as a Whiplash type mm-hmm. movie. You know, this isn't La La Land. This is more like Whiplash. It's just J.K. Simmons slapping that crap out of Ra- Ra- Ryan Gosling. Is that what you're saying? I haven't seen the movie yet, but and so also, also they shot the they shot the uh, the moon sequence in, in uh, IMAX cameras. Mm-hmm. So if you go to a, an and- IMAX screen, and on a soundstage, just like the uh, just like the quote unquote real moon landing, you true, true, you. true. But 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 if you do watch the movie and you watch it in in, uh, in IMAX format, the 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 screen opens up at the moon sequence. Oh, okay. Like when they cool. open up the door to but without the, the flag, you commies. But but here's the, uh, the the rub: moon sequence, five minutes stops. Oh, okay. So I thought yeah. the whole movie I was waiting, like okay, and then they get to the moon, like. Okay, 
That's it. They're done? Yeah. They're done? <laughs> That's what I heard. I heard it's not It's not about the moon landing. It's not about no, not going up there. It's, it's about just, Neil Armstrong. It's about Neil Armstrong and the tragedy that befalls his family and stuff like that. So it's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. And, it, it is. And speaking of uh, disappointments, uh, Bad Times at the El Roy, is, that's not a good movie? I thought it was just okay. Oh, man. I you thought know, it was just okay. Because you know, Cabin Fever is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's, it's, I, I, Seriously? Yeah, it's not. Well, it's up there. It's up there. It's definitely up there. Oh, you should check it out then. Yeah. I, I'll check I, it out. I, I just think it was two and a half hours too long. Well, no, that's, that's the length. Wait, hold on a second. That's the, that's the length of the movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying it's too long. Yeah. It was too long for me. Yeah, that's um, what she said. I was I was on I was honestly dozing off in some scenes too. Oh wow! And that could just be because I was tired. Maybe mm-hmm. it was maybe I was just tired. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give I'll give I'll I'll give the movie some credit. There's a lot of inventive things that happened in the movie, mm-hmm. but it really didn't catch my grab my attention somehow. Interesting. That's somehow, interesting. you know. Well, I guess you're, what you're saying is uh, he needs uh, Josh Whedon to be. I think he needed edit, an editor to edit things down. Oh, okay. I really think he didn't need to do that because he need, he needed to, it to keeps going, but he was very in, he was indulging himself like, oh no, I want the scene to play out. Okay, and I think there was a lot of clever stuff that so much clever. This movie has so much clever stuff, yeah. but my God, did he make them? Was he very indulgent about that? Okay, All right. you know. All so right. filmmaking wise, I give it a lot of credit. There was a lot of creative stuff that happened mm-hmm. in the movie. Storytelling wise. I think it was. It could be edited down. I really think it could. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think all it right. could. All right, all right, all right. It I wasn't guess. like it wasn't like Cabin in the Woods, which was very efficient. Is that right. what you meant? Cabin in the Woods? Yeah, Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> I was like, Cabin what? Fever? <laughs> oh, I said Cabin Fever. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant Cabin in the Woods. Sorry. Yeah, Cabin in the, Cabin in the Woods is still my favorite of his work. Yeah. Okay. That's all. That's and that good. was a very efficiently told a told story, and with all the cleverness of it all. But this one seems to be like a longer version of Cabin in the Woods. You know, so it has the reveals and and the twists and turns and the surprises. It has all that, but in a two and a half hour format. So it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. I, I um, I will. I'll be curious to see if I would rewatch it just to see if mm-hmm. if I'm not too tired, I will like like it more. Mm-hmm. But in in the, the the worst negative thing I could say about the movie, it felt like a ter- Quentin Tarantino ripoff. Okay, like he was trying to do Pulp Fiction except like this, mm-hmm. and that, that's the worst. Uh, criticism I can give to the movie and I think that's um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for undeserved criticism yeah well you're the one who, crit- who, you're the one who uses words so I don't, I don't yeah I don't know what that yeah. means alright alright well this has been another episode of Spoilers Please we just part of the Who What Worst Went Up with.